It was 3 a.m. on a cold November night. Billy had just come out of work closing the movie theater down. He liked the atmosphere on the city streets when there wasn't as many people out and about. The only people he ran into on his four-block walk home was a few of the usual homeless people. They'd exchange brief small talk, and sometimes Billy would throw him a few bucks. His favorite was Driftwood the Pirate and his pet wombat, Chug Wolf. He claims to be the reincarnation of Blackbeard. Billy had not seen Driftwood or any of the other homeless by their usual alley the past few nights, even though their tents down the way were still there along with piles of their storage. As he walked by on this night, he saw some movements back towards the settlement. Two figures seemingly going through the piles that appeared a bit larger than any of the other alley's inhabitants. Maybe it was some out-of-town hobos hitting a lick on his friends. He couldn't let that happen. Wow. <laughs> hitting a lick? Yep. Billy moved in with caution, calling out from halfway down the alley. Driftwood! The figures didn't stop what they were doing. Getting closer, Billy would see that they were tearing through the tents and piles without taking anything, as if they were searching for something specific. Hey, that's not your stuff, he shouted intensely, now being only ten yards away. This time they stopped and stood up straight to look over at him. The details of their face and clothing were hidden in the shadow, only revealing their silhouettes to be about seven feet tall and their larger than normal eyes having a blue glow. One of them was a few inches taller and very slim. The other was still very tall but hefty enough to be at least 500 pounds. He heard the heavy one make a strange noise that sounded like a growl and a burp at the same time. The other one looked at him and made some clicking noises as he stepped into one of the alley's few lights, revealing a pinstripe suit, saddle oxfords, and a fresh-ass bowler hat. Below the brim was the maw of an insect-like creature. He made some more clicking noises as he reached for the inside of his jacket, pulling out a Tommy gun. Billy dove behind a dumpster just in time to miss a wave of red laser blasts that scorched the concrete ground. He couldn't believe what he was seeing. What were these things and why were they digging through piles of hobo junk? More importantly, how is he supposed to beat a couple of bug thugs with laser guns and who knows what other kinds of weapons? To Billy's despair, he is shocked and tears start swelling in his eyeballs like fireworks from the red lasers shooting past him. One just happens to skim the side of his head. He uses the top of a trash can that he hid behind, using it as a shield to run off past the insects. As soon as he got to a location, where he could finally stop running because he was running for his literal life until he couldn't anymore. He gets to his home. He lives with his grandma and his uncle. When he walks in, they're both sitting down watching TV. He goes and he's like, Grandma, you won't believe what just freaking happened to me. Yo, I'm losing my mind. I think I am, but maybe I just had a long day at work. I don't know. <sighs> He's like, Grandma, listen to me. Grandma? He walks over, puts his hand on his grandma's shoulder, and his eyes roll to the back of his head 
as he realizes his grandma is now a cockroach with the with with Grammy hairs. <laughs> Yes, it's disgusting. And then the cockroach arms, the, they're giant cockroach arms, by the way. I mean, she, she's five foot two, all right? Mm -hmm. Just imagine a, a five foot two cockroach and its arms going and reaching out for you, trying to grab at his face and caress it like <laughs> like a grandma would. He's He shakes it off. He goes to the back of the, the house. He hurries up and grabs the biggest pot in the kitchen that he can fills it with water puts it on the stove at high and then hides in the back corner of his laundry room he could see through the creak of the door that his grandma cockroach is looking for him as he's looking through the crack of the door the light turns on inside the laundry room he looks up and over to see uncle jesse is completely normal and he's also hiding in the laundry room. He's like, bro, I don't even know what's happening, but we gotta get out of here. He's like, yeah, that's not my grandma. Maybe it is. Maybe. <laughs> maybe she's still in there. Yeah, maybe we can save her. She was there not too long ago. What else could have happened to her body? Billy was like, what, so you think she morphed? He's like, I don't know. They were like, we got to make a run for it. So they both opened the laundry door to see his grandma, Jessie, standing there about ready to open up her arms to them again. But Billy, having the reflex of a cat, grabs the side handles of the boiling water and throws it on his grandma. Grammy cockroach let out an ear-piercing shriek. Its skin bubbled up and fell to the floor, revealing what looked like a pale blue Uncle Charles. His eyes were rolled back in his head and his mouth was wide open. Uncle Charles? Billy questioned in horror. He watched the lifeless body fall to the floor. A metal disc with a blinking red light mounted into the back of his uncle's head caught Billy's eye. He leaned down to examine it, seeing that it was deep into his skull, just above the tattoo of a lawnmower Charles had on his neck. As he realized this was the real Charles, Billy turned to see who he had been hiding in the closet with, but he was gone. This is not good. I gotta get out of here. Remembering there was a shotgun in the hall closet, he bolted out of the kitchen, through the living room, jumping straight over the couch into a sweet dive roll, and ran down the hall. As he approached the closet, he heard a noise from inside. He paused, listening close to a faint beeping noise from the other side of the door. Then suddenly... A loud screech followed by the door flying open, breaking loose from the hinges and knocking Billy to the ground. There stood the imposter Charles, who was now letting his true form show. His eyes began to bulge from his head, extending into long stalks, his arms growing longer, tearing apart the skin suit, and a monstrous maul growing through his jaw. As Billy watched this creature begin to lunge forward, he heard a familiar voice come from behind him. Avast ye, grimy scalawag, followed by a single wave of blue beams that pierced several holes in the head and torso of the creature. 
He stood up to see his homeless pal Driftwood and Chug Wolf the Wombat next to him as always. Bet you're glad to see me, bucko, he said through his raggedy long beard. Driftwood, what the hell is going on? No time to explain, me boy. These creatures are after me booty and must think us mates. Here, take this. He tossed Billy a shiny silver rifle. He's a pirate? Yeah. <laughs> he tossed Billy a shiny silver rifle with certain parts of it glowing blue, similar to the shotgun he was holding. Follow me, and if you see one of them maggots, feed him to the fish. Billy did just that. As they head out of the house, the pale blue Charles from the kitchen stood in front of the door. Before Driftwood got a chance, Billy yelled, Go to hell, you shape-shifting bastards! As he blew a hole through his chest oh, and the door behind him. Like a true sea dog, Driftwood responded with a hearty laugh. As they opened the door, they saw the same two bugs from the alleyway getting out of an antique Cadillac. Unlike the creatures impersonating Billy's family, these two seemed to be more sophisticated, as they were dressed as gangsters from the 50s and had futuristic laser weapons of their own. Billy noticed these two suited bugs confidently getting out of the antique Cadillac. They surely were, they surely were on a mission. But what was the agenda? To take over the world, Billy thought. He then recognized the creatures as the ones who were shooting at him earlier before he ran home. His instinct was to run, and Driftwood the pirate knew he would do just that. So before Billy could, Driftwood grabbed him sternly by the arm, and with a slight smirk on his face, he said, Watch this, me boy! Driftwood pulled out his futuristic gun, flipping up a metal switch that ignited the tube of the, of the barrel. The lights caught the bugs' attention, but before they could raise their own guns to shoot, Driftwood pulled the trigger, <laughs> releasing a ball with the viscosity of snot that expanded and, like a Venus flytrap, consumed the bugs into a silky white and green cocoon. The bugs could barely move, let alone escape. Driftwood ran toward the cocoon, ordering Billy to help him carry it out to the antique car. These insects were heavier than their weight appeared, and the web was hardening fast like plaster. Meanwhile, out of the peripheral of Billy's vision, he noticed movement through the half-open door of his home, where Uncle Charles seemed to be regenerating like the T-1000 in Terminator 2, but instead it's his insect flesh bubbling up and healing itself. By this time, Billy is beyond traumatized. He helped the pirate haul the, by now suffocated, bugs into the back of the car, mindlessly doing whatever the pirate tells him to because he can no longer fathom his own thoughts. They get into the front of the car, but this was no antique Cadillac. No, no. Far from antique. The front panel was filled with buttons and technology way ahead of the time they were living. The steering wheel was the size of a boppet with a peculiar ancient symbol in the middle and surprisingly a regular rear view mirror on hanging from the roof with a pair of fuzzy dice dangling from it. What really caught Billy's attention was right in front of him where the glove compartment was supposed to be was a glass window inside sat weapons he couldn't even imagine how to hold. Suddenly a large snarl breached out of Billy's home Uncle Charles began to sit up. Billy's eyes widened as he yells, We got to go now! Driftwood, in no rush, pulls out a smooth metal disc the size of a Nintendo GameCube game, which upon inserting it into a slit located on the bottom left corner of the car, lights up the interior of the vehicle like rings of rainbow light stretching over the roof and floor, moving faster and faster around them until... 
As the lights were moving, he noticed the car shuffle. It made a weird movement and it, it takes up off the ground and he can feel himself floating. He can feel gravity not, not pull on him as strong. And the snarl coming from Uncle Charles now turned into a high-pitched squeal that almost seemed to be painful to his ears. The, the car starts to float up towards the top of the house and as Billy's looking out the window, he can see what seems like dozens, if not maybe even a hundred other bug creatures heading towards the house from the direction behind his house. And they seem to be running really fast. Driftwood tells him, All right, me bucko, roll down that window and pull out your pistol. Billy rolled down the window. Driftwood passed him uh, a long rifle with the same blue glow to the barrel of it. Take out as many as you can. Billy aims and starts firing. He notices all the bugs are rushing into the house and not necessarily coming towards the car. He thought that they would be taking off any minute, but Driftwood seemed to be fiddling with gadgets behind the wheel, preparing for something. He, no he continues to sh fire at the bug creatures rushing into his house before he notices the roof tear off of the house. As a large bug creature breaks through the roof, it looked really strange because the, the body parts were all proportional and looked very similar to the Uncle Charles bug creature from earlier, except the head was tiny. In fact, it was only a slightly larger version of Uncle Charles's head. But that's only because it was still being formed. This creature was busting through the house as, <laughs> as it was still continuing to grow. There were still bug creatures rolling into the house from the back. Oh, so they were like morphing together like a transformer. Yeah, they're morphing into this one crazy big bug creature. As it tore through his house and revealed its entire body still being formed, but the bug creature has really long, nasty arms, and it's and he notices that it's starting to form another set of arms that seem a little bit smaller just under those. Billy watches this bug creature continue to form as it seems to get ready to make a move. Driftwood, what are you doing? I think that thing's getting ready to come up here. What about Chub Wolf? We forgot about him. Chug Wolf. Chug Wolf is always there. Okay. As Driftwood continues to fiddle around with the Boppet steering wheel, the creature pounces. And just as it gets up right behind the car, it's it's right about to swipe and just bring the car straight to the ground when Driftwood pushes... Like a fly swatter. Oh, it's about to jump straight on the car. Okay. It's about to probably just bear hug it and drop it to the ground completely. Ooh. When Driftwood hits the final big red button and the back of the car shoots a beam of fire and it takes off, blowing the bug creature in half and it falls to the ground. Oh, like like it shoots like kind of like a laser and it like cuts it in half and then like it's both sides fall. Yeah, it basically shoots like this very narrow, yeah, uh, like nos. Nos. It's like like just a narrow beam of fire, but you know it, it's like a nos for the car. So when this happens, the car takes off, and as Billy's looking in the out the back windshield, he sees the bug creature laying on the ground in half, with the middle of him just on, you know, singed. 
Cool. The car takes off into the night, too fast for Billy to see where they're going. It doesn't take too long for the homeless pirate to get them there. In that short time, Billy wondered if he, had e if he would ever taste his grandma's yummy, yummy meatballs or smell the gross farts they gave Uncle Charles ever again. Oh. <laughs> he glances at Chug Wolf with a look of uneasiness, to which the eyepatch-wearing wombat returned a look of, yeah, you get used to it. The car comes to a short but graceful stop above a desert. They were clearly far from home. As they float down, Billy asked Driftwood where they were. These bilge rats have their ship here. We're gonna send them to Davy Jones' locker. Give me a hand, would you, lad? He says as he pulls a lever, opening all the doors and the truck simultaneously. They head around and pulled out the now hard-as-plaster sack from the trunk. Driftwood propped them up against the car. Then he takes the canteen from his belt and pours some of the liquid over the top of the sack. As the hard substance melts away only around the heads of these bug creatures, Driftwood took a large swig of whatever was in the canteen. The bugs start to squirm and screech, and Chugwolf screeched back to mock them. The pirate laughed as he took another swig. All right, me hearty, quit messing around. I don't speak scallywag. Chugwolf gave a small chuckle as he pulled out a small disc-like device with a red blinking light from who knows where. He hops up and jams it into the neck of the taller bug creature. The bug immediately screams in a more human-like way as he says, You stupid baluka, we're gonna clip you for this. The chopper squad's on standby, waiting for the dime to drop. And when it do, there'll be Chicago lightning like you never seen. It'll be big sleep for the threes of you. Driftwood laughed. I'd like to see that happen. Now you're gonna tell me where my crew is, or you'll be kissing the gunner's daughter. And how are you gonna do that with this, with us in this sack, you boob? Driftwood glanced at his wombat. Swing the lead, boy. Chugwolf held a small box with one red button and one green button. When he pushed the red button, the device he jammed in the bug's neck lit up, as did the bug's eyes with a blue electricity. It let out a screech followed by several cuss words. The shock was intense enough to hit both of the creatures. The pirate and the alien bug went back and forth a few more times before the bug creature gave in. Fine, fine. Red, red, blue, green, yellow, blue, purple. Good luck getting them without a can opener. Driftwood let out a hearty laugh once more. Mark my words, you're gonna burn for this. Chugwolf cut him off by pushing the green button on the remote, which seemed to turn off the device, causing the bug to go back to making clicking and screeching noises. Driftwood went to the front seat of the car to the pad in the steering wheel full of colored buttons. When he entered the combination, an alien spacecraft the size of a small house revealed itself 20 yards from the car. All right, boy, they could be running a rig on us, so stay sharp, he said as he handed him a couple of guns, a regular-looking shimitar, and what seemed like a few grenades. First, we gotta figure out how to get in, so we can rescue me mateys. Billy Driftwood and Boppet hustled quickly to the spaceship with their chosen weapon fastened in their holsters. There were no signs of other alien bug life, but just in case, they proceeded with caution. The spaceship stood on three legs, and the entrance was right underneath the body of it. Luckily, the key to the antique Cadillac was also the key to unlock the entrance door. Driftwood inserted the disc into the leg of the ship as they scurried underneath it to be lured up from the ground by the gravitational pull that emanated from its opening. As they were nearing the inside of the ship, they began to hear music. Bells were ringing, louder and louder. 
they arrived inside these glass tubes with nestled sliding doors as a herd of alien bug creatures in their festive red and green sweaters surrounded them. It was a Christmas party. With their drinks in hand, the alien bugs, Billy, Driftwood, and Boppet all stared at each other in silence. Three whole seconds went by when <laughs> Driftwood gripped his space gun and blasted the glass tubes open. Dot dot dot. Driftwood blasted through the glass tubes and sent shards flying everywhere, expecting every creature in the place to drop their solo cups and draw their weapons. Instead, they all stood in place and stared at the ratty humans, not reacting much to what just happened. Driftwood, Chugwolf, and Billy looked around the room still taking in the scene. At least 20 bug creatures similar to the gangsters they left outside in the cement sack were dressed in Christmas attire with most of them wearing ugly Christmas sweaters. A few dressed like elves, three were dressed like biblical wise men, and one was dressed like Jesus. Some were holding solo cups that they got from a punch bowl set up in the back. They had a fully decorated tree with presents underneath and a big star on top. It was an awkward silence until Driftwood spoke up. Alright ye landlubbers, where's me crew? Cocking his gun simultaneously. The bugs exchanged looks for a moment till one stepped forward wearing a festive sweater with a reindeer drinking beer on it. He attached the device to his neck and gave a sigh. Look man, we don't know why you're here or how you got in here, but I'm sure it has something to do with Willie and Big Al. We're taking the night off for this office party and can't help you right now. The boss said no work related stuff till tomorrow. Who knows what dingy dungeon me mates are in? I ain't making them wait. If you can't help me, then bring the big guy, or I'll turn this place into a real party. Driftwood shouted for all to hear. You should have said he's gonna really light it up. <laughs> like it's Christmas. Oh, sorry, guy. He's getting ready for the party right now. In fact, he should be here any minute if you want to hang out a bit, the bug said calmly. Driftwood sighed, the wind taken out of his sails. Alrighty, you got five minutes. After that, I'll really light this Christmas tree up. I could use a clap of thunder, though. The bug pointed them to the drinks and snacks in the back and ordered the other bug to fetch them some sweaters. Driftwood set a clock and right on the five minute mark, he fulfilled his promise. Time's up. It's to Davy Jones locker with ye. He shouted as he blasted the Christmas tree, setting it ablaze. To his surprise, they still weren't attacking. Instead, they scrambled to put out the fire. He hesitated to shoot any of them since they weren't fighting back. Deciding he had to find his friends, he took aim at the one dressed like Jesus first. But before he could pull the trigger, a very loud, HO HO HO, echoed the room. Everyone froze all at once and looked over at a hallway off to the side. There stood an eight foot tall bug creature dressed up as Santa Claus. Well that wasn't very nice of you lad. What's the meaning of this? The bug that greeted them spoke up. He's looking for his friends, sir. It probably has something to do with what Big Al and Willie dropped off. Ah, I see. You must be Driftwood the Pirate. If I remember correctly, you have something of ours. Driftwood pulled out a glowing green orb from his pocket. He and Bug Santa worked out a deal where they would trade the stolen goods back to one another. And just as they raised a toast to taking a break from work, an explosion broke through one of the walls. Avasti, bilge sucking cretins! We're busting out! A voice shouted and through the smoke coming from the hole poured out a dozen hobos holding laser rifles and swords that Billy recognized from the alley by his work. They managed to shoot three aliens before Bug Santa called out. Seize them! The creatures instantly went from chill party vibes to the bug thug gangsters like the first two they met. The party broke out into chaos. 
Though he had worked out a deal, Driftwood seemed pleased with this turn of events and drew his weapon without hesitation. But before he could use it, Bug Santa sent him flying with a single swipe of his slimy claw. Billy had no idea what to do, so he ran and hid behind the presents and the burnt Christmas tree. He stared in horror, watching the hobos and the festive dressed alien bugs slaughter each other until all but five of Driftwood's crew were dead. Those five and Chug Wolf had been captured. There were only four of Santa's minions left. Those four were Jesus and his wise men. You're really on the naughty list now. You're not getting anything for Christmas but a bullet in the head. Ho, ho, ho. Grab the notorious pirate. As they went towards Driftwood, he got up, bleeding through his shirt and from his head. Arg, 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 arg. Timing has never been our strong suit, eh, boys? But we are sure good at starting fights. He tore off his shirt to reveal the nasty claw wound and reached into his pocket to pull out a small green bean. But that's because we know how to finish him. For dead men tell no tales, he says as he eats it. Billy watched his wound close up along with all his other little cuts. Then his body seemed to get bigger, particularly his muscles. He went from being around six feet and mildly in shape to being close to seven feet with huge, well-defined muscles. His beard and hair even grew out a little longer. Batten down the hatches, ye scurvy dogs. It's time to dance with the hangman, he shouted as he ran right for the bugs. He moved so quick that they couldn't get a good shot on him before he got up to them and beat all four of them to a pulp. Pleased with himself, he turned to go for Santa, but the eight-foot monster was standing behind him already in his backswing. Driftwood tried to block it, but Santa's punch still knocked him back. The pirate and Santa Claus fought back and forth, and even in his new form, Driftwood leaned on the losing side more and more until Santa had him pinned on the ground, twisting his arm and leaning his big jolly boot on his head. Billy listened to Driftwood's screams over the sound of his arm breaking. Santa bellowed in laughter. Where's your Christmas spirit, pirate? As things seemed to get bleaker by the second, Billy decided to open up one of the Christmas presents, revealing a tiny handgun. It didn't seem like it would do much, but there wasn't any time. From behind the disgusting creature, he took aim, prayed to the real Santa Claus, and fired. To his surprise, a bright blue beam shot out of the gun that disintegrated Santa Claus's head and shoulders. Driftwood let out a sound of relief as the last alien fell to the floor. I knew you had it in you, lad. The two untied the others and splashed punch on them to wake them up. They all proceeded to raid the rest of the ship, taking all sorts of weird stuff Billy was unfamiliar with. Hey Driftwood, what is that orb you took from them in the first place? Not sure, bucko, but I bet it's worth a lot of doubloons. After that, Billy went to live with Driftwood as part of his new crew, and together they stippled into many more adventures. Perhaps we'll meet them again one day. Santa here. A very Merry Christmas and the happiest New Year. Ho, ho, ho.